following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. Your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. This week we have a Darsh Meshru, Philip Sexton, and here is our host, Tom Dupree. We're talking about Lake Charles, Louisiana. Barely there anymore. Two direct hits. By the way, um, Gary LeBlanc, who has been on the Tom Dupree Show and is the head of Mercy Chefs, which is just a great organization, has gone back to um, Lake Charles to help them again because they were there during Hurricane Laura about six weeks ago or whatever, and then this Hurricane Delta came through. It's just hard to imagine what that area has been through. MercyChefs.com. Look on there and send them a couple of bucks. Um, okay. Stock market angst is linked to the lack of a new coronavirus stimulus. Um, so without getting into the article, uh, just... I would want to say a little bit about the idea. It would be suggestive of the idea that the stock market is not trading based on fundamentals at this point, but rather elevated um, expectations of more and more stimulus money. And one of the things that, Regrettably, um, I've come to see in my uh, 40, what, two-year career in the securities industry is that the market, like the public, has become more and more addicted to funny money. Um, And that... I don't believe is a good thing. Nevertheless, um, we invest because we believe that companies and businesses 
are the best way to go about earning profits. But I digress. I mean, this article says that uh, if we don't get a new stimulus plan, it's going down. But then again, it doesn't appear that any stimulus plan is forthcoming prior to the election. Um, you know, lawmakers can't seem to agree. Nancy Pelosi obviously does not want to give Donald Trump uh, the the win on that and will do anything in her power to keep him from getting a win. You know, he made the proposal. She rejected it. So what is the market doing where it is if there's not going to be a stimulus plan right away? Adarsh, what do you say? Well, so if you if you look at where the market is today, it's pretty much close to its uh, all-time high. We just had a 10% correction in uh, September uh, going into October, 13% in the NASDAQ. And uh, we recovered most of that here in the last three weeks. Uh, so I, I think there is some anticipation, even though the stimulus may not be uh, you know, forthcoming, uh, there is some uh, anticipation that eventually there uh, there will be some sort of uh, stimulus, perhaps. And the, the reason why I say that is because there are certain areas, industrial stocks, for example, they're doing quite well. And those uh, that's an area where uh, they, they, that sector could benefit if there is stimulus because there, there may be more uh, infrastructure spending and so forth. Um, and uh, we've also seen your consumer stocks, uh, retail stocks hold up pretty well, uh, which is also a sector that would benefit. So I, I think there is some sort of anticipation built in already. Uh, and the expectation is that even if it does not come right away, it'll eventually come. Let me ask you a question. Is an economy that continually needs to be stimulated really an economy <laughs> so i mean that's that's a very good question and uh, you know the economy uh, as it is today is no longer um, you know uh, a very simple economy if i can put it in those words which means that basically at any given point when there is you know so the economy has to basically two equations, demand and supply. Uh, what has happened and what, you know, we saw this during the financial crisis, but what happens during recessions or depressions is that uh, the demand side just goes away, you know, where there is no demand, even though there is supply. So businesses have capacity, industries have capacity, but there is no demand. Uh, so one side of the equation gets, you know, uh, uh, disrupted. Um, now, the purpose of stimulus, you know, by the government is to uh, shore up the demand side. Um, and uh, with the expectation that once that demand side is shored up, eventually the government will be able to take a step back. What we have seen, though, is that the government has not been able to take a step back despite you know, stimulus. So say, you know, during the financial crisis, we had pretty massive stimulus. But 10 years later, uh, 
you know, despite the economy having grown, the overall debt of the government is much, much higher. So in theory, uh, stimulus only helps during extreme uh, recessions or depressions, but as the economy improves, the government has to take a step back and uh, the expenditure of the government has to be recouped through uh, either higher economic growth uh, or through higher taxes. So, um, uh, but to answer your question, an economy that constantly needs to be simulated is an economy where uh, there is, you know, either the consumer or the business sector is, is unhealthy. And that's why the government keeps having to uh, step up. I kind of, I, I liken it to um, when you get like a defibrillator, artificial defibrillator put in uh, from an, a, a speaking perspective, analogously, uh, you know, the heart still works, but just every once in a while, that thing has to kick in gear. Yeah. And I think to what Adars was saying is that. But this is where you're running the whole heart on the defibrillator. It sounds yeah, like. Exactly. And, and I think the, the problem is, is that the stimulus goes far enough to get back to even. And to be quite honest with you, I, I would argue that I kind of like what Powell's approach is from a, a, a monetary policy in that, you know, when you look coming out of the, the Great Recession, it was like, okay, let's get back to even and let's start pulling, you know, pulling the needle out um, perspective. But, you know, it, it seems like his approach this time is like, all right, we can't keep doing this. Let's let this thing run a little bit and get get back to a much healthier base. Um you know, that being said, I'm I, I'm gonna throw a curveball at you here, Tom. I'm I'm pro stimulus. I can take you yard. I am pro stimulus. I will take you yard. And the reason that I'm pro stimulus is because the state and local governments and, and it sucks that it's like this, have gotten so employment unfriendly that it becomes very difficult in the short run to, I mean, to really stave off a disaster at this point without stimulus. Well, I don't know that it helps to say I'm pro stimulus or negative stimulus because the fact is we've got it. Okay? Yeah. The, the, my uh, concern as someone who cares about the USD and it's, um, viability mm -hmm. is uh, all stimulus comes out of thin air mm -hmm. and it basically, uh, those dollars compete with all the other dollars out there. And, you know, inflation is another word for theft of wealth. I mean, because as we know, wealth is not measured in money. It's measured in goods and services. And there's a finite amount of those. But there's an infinite amount of how many dollars they can print. You know, or they don't really print them anymore. They, <laughs> you know, they, they create a book entry. So, you know, we have stimulus it's, it's happening. You know, I, I would tend to agree with you about 
state and local governments uh, because they've all seemingly followed the pattern of the federal government and tried to create their own little um, fiefdoms. I mean, you just look at this government here in Lexington, it, all the rent seekers, yeah. people who find little ways to carve out a job doing something and get paid by the local taxpayer. You got that on the local level. You got that on the state level. And um, there's no unseen hand. There, you know, the, the, there are no posses of citizens saying, hell no, you know, we're not going to allow this to occur on our tax dollars. People are complacent. They just say, what the hell? I can't control it. Uh, government's too big. You know, I'll, I'll lose. And it takes all kinds of energy mm-hmm. to get in even one or two things eliminated in, uh, in, in government. I was going to ask you another question. Despite the fact that we've lived in a continuously stimulated economy for years, we've had remarkable uh, advances in technology and in companies that do things a lot more efficiently than they did them before. Could it be that these efficiencies of scale are basically putting a lot of people out of work and in doing so, uh, they are, uh, you know, kind of creating disinflation, making it to where people have to find new jobs. And because of that, the government is, is continuously having to, um, to, to do these stimulus things. That's aside from damage caused by the pandemic, we were doing stimulus packages before the pandemic and we would probably still be doing them even now. I mean, but I'm just wondering if, you know, companies like Salesforce, just different ones, that create all these efficiencies and, and basically go in and blow up a category. Amazon, look at the damage that's done to retail. I mean, people right. are out there protesting about it. Right. And yet all they have is, is just an extremely efficient uh, platform. Could that have added to the government's need to do stimulus? Uh, that's, I think you, um, make a very good point there. And I would say absolutely yes, uh, because technology is a, a disruptor. And, uh, you know, there, there's a phrase called uh, creative destruction, which was coined by an economist named Joseph, Joseph Schumpeter uh, back in uh, the 19th century. And that's, he was talking about technology, where technology constantly disrupts uh, industries. And hence people lose jobs. So uh, technology has definitely been a factor. Uh, the second factor I would say is uh, uh, jobs being shipped overseas. So back in, um, you know, 80s when say NAFTA was created, a lot of jobs were shipped to Mexico and then jobs were shipped to China and to other places. And in the grand scheme of things, um, you know, that's supposed to benefit 
uh, everyone, at least that's the theory that, you know, if a job gets sh- uh, shipped off to another country because it's cheaper to make a good there, then the person who loses their job here will be able to move on to something else, which is perhaps, you know, a higher quality job. But in practice, it hasn't really worked that way. Jobs were shipped overseas and uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, uh, lost their jobs and were not able to find something else. The the coal mining industry is another example, and that would be more an example of how uh, technology has disrupted it because natural gas disrupted the coal mining industry. At the same time, you could argue that, you know, regulations also disrupted it. Uh, because there was, uh, I guess, an impetus from the government to hasten the move away from coal. Uh, And, uh, you know, the fact that uh, manufacturing moved overseas, which also means that perhaps some of the coal that was sourced by industries here or utilities here is now being sourced from somewhere else by a utility somewhere else. so uh, what you said is absolutely true. Technology has definitely played a role in this. Um, and it, it always has throughout history. It's, it's really nothing new. Uh, you know, when you think about the, uh, the mills in, um, I guess it was Lancaster, where, you know, they coined the phrase Luddites because people would go and destroy them because their jobs are being taken away right. by, uh, by uh, machinery. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I, I think, too, to add to that, to what you were saying, Adarsh, is, you know, when you think of the United States and that we're a service-oriented economy now is that, you know, there, there's only so many services and so many people that can perform those services. Um, you know, so really when you start thinking of, you know, the manufacturing sector of the economy, that's where your technology really starts to, you know, blow things out of the water but also in in yeah. the services i mean you think of like housekeeping you know now you've got these little roombas that run around and do all your vacuuming and things like that and you know i think what what has to happen over time and i i think that's something that trump has been fighting hard for is to be more manufacturing friendly um you know because we're not competitive for those kind of jobs with our regulation and tax structure, um, you know, and, and education, things like that, where, you know, we, we could maybe start to compete for more, more jobs like that. In the yeah. There's little places where we do, like I saw on Andy Barr's email, uh, some little factory down in Nicholasville that hires 400 people that, yeah produce some kind of car part you know and when you think like i i still go back to it when when tmmk came into georgetown of scott county was scott county was like harrison county yeah. where i grew up you know was, i think harrison county was or actually county. harrison county might have actually been wealthier than scott county pre-tmmk it was close um and when when tmmk That's toyota okay Toyota Motor Manufacturing of Kentucky. <laughs> when, when that comes in. Just make sure everybody knows. When that comes in, then Toyota uh, Susho. Sprouts all these little uh, uh, other plants. Yeah, all these other little plants. Um, it used to be Johnson Controls. They got them all but, the way down to Somerset. Yeah. 
and all these suppliers, um, all these these small businesses, all the service jobs, because now you've got everybody moving into Toyota. So you're going to need plumbers, electrician, moving moving into Georgetown, plumbers, electricians, construction, um, house house cleaning, all you know, financial services, insurance, all different kinds of things that from one big business that Martha Lane brought in. She did. One big business created an entire economy in central Kentucky that never really existed before. And that's... That's Martha Lane Collins he's referring to, who was the governor in 86 when this happened. Yeah. And it's it's amazing. And, and that's really what this whole impetus of the so-called trade war is and and you know that's where we really need to be working and focusing our our efforts on instead of continuously trying to print money and throw throw good after bad is i hate to agree with you but i do agree with you i i I would say that you know even if jobs do come back there is still going to be a a higher uh labor cost here in the u.s compared to other places so um i think some of the jobs that come back will still be automated we we won't have the same amount of jobs that come back but uh, i think it is you know a step in the right direction we need to take a break you're listening to the tom dupree show coming to you from the dupree studios on main street with the Dorsh Meshru, philip sexton and tom dupree stay tuned we'll be back for another half hour in just a few minutes This is what's happening. You are open to expanding the court. I have a right to know where I stand before they vote. Check in throughout the day. No, I don't know Russia money. For the latest updates. Big tech oligarchs need to answer for their censorship. This is fire resurge in cases. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree with Dupree Financial Group. Many people have 401k and 403b plans for their retirement investment accounts. In certain cases, our firm can help participants in these plans manage their investments. This can be helpful because those retirement plans often offer numerous different mutual funds as investment options, and unless the participant is an investment expert, it can be quite confusing. In this case, we put our investment expertise to work for you, the participant. For a free analysis of your retirement investment accounts, Call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays from 7 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP or WLAP.com. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Mountains come to life. Rivers and lakes welcome you back. The open road calls. Kentucky is full of wondrous natural beauty, exhilarating outdoor adventures, and charming towns. Even to those who call it home. Stay close. Go far. Plan your getaway at KentuckyTourism.com. Honey, are you sure you can handle this haunted house? They say it shows you your deepest fear. Come on, nothing scares me. You know that, baby. 
Welcome to your doom. Now face your fear. Honey, what was that? My credit score. Car buying doesn't need to be a terrifying experience because it's all treats, no tricks at Big M Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. During Jeep Adventure Days, new 2020 Jeep Cherokees or Jeep Wranglers, your choice, are only $2.59 per month. Think your credit is scary? Our on-site credit experts want to approve your credit today, even if it's less than perfect. I'm Jeff Felder, General Manager. Get the treatment you deserve without the games. Only at Big M Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Visit Big M cdjr.com big m your blue collar dealer stock numbers j2426 and j2452 qualified applicants 36 month leases 39.99 each due at signing includes 6.99 dot fee plus tax license 10,000 miles per year no security deposit required all rebates to dealer offers don't combine it's another gorgeous fall day across the area albeit on the chilly side temperatures today with plenty of sunshine only upper 50s to around 60 60 to 65 for your Sunday as clouds increase and by Sunday night and Monday rain and maybe rumbles of thunder working into the region could be some locally heavy rains in the first part of next week from the WKYT first alert weather center I'm meteorologist Chris Bailey broadcasting live 24 7 from the heart of big blue nation this is news radio 630 WLAP and iHeart radio station Untucket knows that for the past six months, getting dressed for the day has been harder than ever. But did you know that a recent study by the Wall Street Journal says that getting dressed for the workday from home can boost your performance and productivity? You can still look great and stay comfortable in Untucket shirts. They're designed to be worn untucked. Plus, they come out of the dryer wrinkle-free. So for your next Zoom call, lose the T-shirt and grab an Untucket shirt instead. Use code RADIO for 20% off your next purchase at any Untucket store or at Untucket.com. Untucket shirts, designed to be worn untucked. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I shopped the many highly rated term life insurance companies we represent, like Prudential and Mutual of Omaha, and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $27 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-589-5599. That's 800-589-5599. 800-589-5599. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. We live in uncertain times. It is not uncommon for investors to be fearful about the equity markets and what they may or may not do. At Dupree Financial Group, we are here to act as a sounding board for our clients and prospects as they seek to develop understanding of how to proceed with their investments. Since we are in uncharted waters, our efforts are to educate, guide, and empower our clients. Despite the unique nature of today's investment climate, there are parallels with past markets that can be drawn. We can share some of these ideas with you. For a free analysis of your retirement investment accounts, call the Prefinancial Group at 859-233-0400. And be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays from 7 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's the Prefinancial Group at 859-233-0400. 630 WLAP. 
Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show for the second half of the hour. Joining us at Darsh Meshru, Philip Sexton, Tom Dupree, and possibly a special guest might call in. Over to you, Tom. Powered by Dupree Financial Group. He's calling on my phone. Calling back on yours. Um, back on the Tom Dupree Show. Value stocks could shine after U.S. election, no matter who wins. Boy, that's a relative <laughs> term right there, value stocks. I mean, you know, what are we talking about when we're talking value? Well, so typically value stocks are uh, stocks which uh, pay high, have a higher dividend yields. Yep. Trade at uh, you know low price to book. That's the traditional def- definition, uh, and low price to earnings. So, uh, and they also tend to be in certain industries: your insurance, banking, industrials. So, I, I assume that's what they're talking about here. Um, so, the author says that uh, in the past forty years, uh, value stocks, these stocks, stocks that meet these criteria, have done well six months after the election, despite whoever uh, wins. Uh, We've also seen uh, value stocks lag here. Uh, We've seen a lot of growth names, especially since the uh, coronavirus crisis began. Right. Okay. We have a, we're going to interrupt that for a second. We have a special guest, John. I'm right here. This is John short. He called our show for for quite some time, and uh, we haven't had him on the the thing uh, for a while, uh, on the show for a while. But uh, how you doing? I'm listening. Thank you. How you doing, Tom? Free. Good. And uh, we talked. Uh, we're sorry about your mother passing away, and uh, um, you uh, you have a prediction for Kentucky versus uh, Tennessee this weekend. Yes, I do have it. Takes for Kentucky versus Tennessee and a prediction about Trump. We'll be Tennessee by Tim Biggins, and which I believe it will be a close game, be burn burner. And earlier this week, I said, go, I said that Trump's win by a thousand Biggins. No, change that to a million Biggins. Trump is going to win by a million Biggins <laughs> on election day. Million big, million votes. Okay. We like the yes, way you right. think, John. So, John, if you, well, if, you, you. if you had to stake all your life earnings on, on one of those, which one are you more confident in? Both of them. Okay. All right. He isn't taking one or the other. <laughs> and John has has not been on in a while because we're we are recording the show now from our offices uh, in downtown Lexington. And I know that's probably confused you, John, because we're not we're not there at the same number where we were. But uh, we'll call you and check in with you from time to time. Yeah. Did Did you try to call the station and? call to get on the show and and we couldn't do it before that's correct yes okay well that's the reason is see right now we're we're not live with the show we're recording it but uh i'm i always enjoyed having you call well thank you yeah well stay in touch with us john too i will and i 
and then for the leading Heisman Trophy candidate is Terry Wilson. He's the leading candidate for the Heisman Trophy. Terry Wilson for the Heisman. Okay. Yeah. That's so he does. All right. That might be your long shot for the day, John. That's pretty, pretty sure it will be. Thank you. You're Welcome. great. You're okay. a great American. You're a great American. You're, you're a great American too. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, John. Bye. Oh, you doesn't. Bye. All right. Adarsh, I interrupted you. When John Short calls, <laughs> yeah, we you got to put it on hold for just a second. We haven't talked to him in a while. So we were talking about value working after the election. Yes. So historically, uh, value stocks have outperformed after uh, elections, and they found that to be the case over the last 40 years. Um, and I, I was saying that we've also seen value underperform uh, since the coronavirus crisis here basically in the last really underperformed yes in a big way yes and uh, it's basically been tech stocks and biotech stocks that have uh, outperformed somebody said that moderna had basically had come up with a uh, a vaccine and was producing millions of doses at this point i mean are they public uh, they are yes mm. mnra uh, is the ticker um I, I think they're still going through the stage three. Uh, I, I don't know if. Are they? Well, the, the, I heard this from a a person who's in uh, pharmaceutical research. Okay. Well, and I think you can actually file for like FDA approval and everything before stage three is complete. So, you know, that that's probably, there's probably some truth to that, Tom, and that they're, they're actually highly confident in, right. you know, getting the the approval and working on the um, production of it. And so right here is where I come in with a disclaimer that says any stocks that you hear us talk about on the Tom Dupree show, consult uh, the advisor of your choice before making any buying decisions. Right. That I kind of paraphrase that. And if you you need an advisor. Yeah. We'd love to, to guide you through it. Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're open for business. (laughs) But I, I, I remember that I had this elderly client. I'm going to digress here for a second. And everybody knew her. She was larger than life. And uh, she saw me one time or called me. She says, do you hire out as a financial advisor? And I said, for you, yes. And, uh, you know, th- this was a. Uh, we, at one time we bought treasury bills because they were yielding like four times what she'd been getting in her bank account and the bank account had been yielding Mm 0.7 and the bills were yielding 2.4. But, um, I don't know why I bring her up, but, uh, just thinking about, that sort of thing. I was hoping you were going to tell your hot dog stand oh, well, story. No, no, I brought it up because of you saying that we're open for business as a financial advisor. Yeah. Oh, you you want the hot dogs thing? The hot dog stand. Yeah. This this pertains to recessions. So uh, there was a a man who uh, had a hot dog stand, and you know he was very hardworking. 
uh, and a good saver. And uh, he had a son, and he, he sold a lot of hot dogs and um, saved saved patiently. And it came down time for his son to go to college, and he was able to send him to Harvard and pay for that. And the son studied economics. <laughs> And uh, he uh, came back to his father, and he said, uh, "You know, Dad, uh, we're in a recession. You you should be careful right here." I mean, he, the father says, "Gosh, this uh, guy. I mean, he went to Harvard. He's going to Harvard. Um, maybe he's right." So he starts scaling back and not staying open as much because it's a recession and people aren't going to spend as much money naturally. So he's going to scale back accordingly. And then uh, things get worse and the son comes to him and says, Dad, uh, it's gotten worse. We're, we're, in, we're in a depression now. Uh, nobody's got any money to spend. You should uh, almost cease operations and the father thinks gosh i spent all i saved all these years and worked so hard to send my son to harvard and i should listen to what he says because he's much more educated than i am and so he scales back even more pretty soon the business just goes under <laughs> and the son <laughs> the, with the harvard education basically talked him out of it and um uh, out of his bit, out of his yeah. hot dog stand. I would argue that uh, it's easy in a downturn to become discouraged or or think that uh, nothing good is going to come. You know, you can pull in your horns to the point where you'll cease to exist. Mm -hmm. But it could be that the downturns are where the animal spirits get born. You know, and while I would argue that it's education is a great thing. And, and Harvard's a great school. Well, I would say it used to be. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, you're going to get sometimes from education this idea that you understand experience. And education is not experience. Education is not life. Mm -hmm. It's... Uh, a study of life, but it is not a it is not a substitute for living life and actually doing things and, and building things. And so a good education is not a substitute for common sense either. So well, I think the funny thing too, you talk about experience, like how how many recessions did his dad live through before his son went to Harvard? You know, it, and re and realize. <laughs> Or, or not realize they were even in a recession. Exactly, and, and it's it's very, it's very anecdotal to to each person, you know, really what a recession kind of is, you know, because there's sometimes where the economy is not even in a recession. I mean, it happens every day where you might be in a personal depression. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's you're looking at your own financial situation, going, well, I need to rethink things. Yeah. Um, you know, so 
that's there's, there's a lot of um a lot of truth and and meaning to that story so back to this discussion of <laughs> uh of uh value uh, you know outperforming you know why do you think that is i mean do you think that investors suddenly realize that you know these are good companies and that they're throwing off earnings and they're worth investing in whereas they get in a, it seems like investors are so they seem like total suckers you know to push tesla or something i mean i i went to the uh, I had to have my blood drawn uh, and uh, at the clinic and the, the young lady who was doing it was a tech and she said she had a portfolio. Oh yeah. I got Tesla, you know, and, and she seemed like she's maybe 19 or 20 years old and she, she rattled off all these names. I'm not saying she's an idiot. I'm just saying that it just, it, it becomes trendy. Yeah. You got to have the next trendy stock. Marijuana stocks were, were like, oh, that. yeah. Got to have the pot stocks. Bitcoin was the exact same way. Now, all these, all these things, they become trendy to a point. Although, I would say that the notion behind Bitcoin is altogether different and maybe more substantial than some of these puff daddy stocks right i mean B bitcoin is based on a completely uh, i guess new uh, technology which is here to stay there's no doubt it's called blockchain uh, and uh, basically what it does is makes a record of every transaction so it has multiple uses uh, you can use it at a government office you know every property that's sold there's a record somewhere uh, things like that. So it, it removes the, any, any, uh, scope of corruption. That's why governments hate it so much because it can't be manipulated and, uh, right. uh, lied to. Um, but you know, as far as trends go, uh, I, I think, you know, I think that's just a part of human nature and that's why you know, when you study the stock market, you know, I mean, every uh, few years there's a different trend or there's a different uh, industry or a company that does well. But if you look at what the market's done for, you know, say the last 150 years, basically the same uh, uh, lessons are, are repeated over and over again. Uh, same uh, uh, human behavior occurs over and right. over again. And uh, that's that's part of the reason why there uh, there is even a market because if uh, if there were no opinions or there were no emotions, I guess prices would just be stable, and we would have no market. Uh, so I, I guess you know, uh, and and that's also why you know there are winners and losers in the market, uh, people who participate actively, because uh, uh, you know for every. Uh, when it comes to trading, not when it comes to long-term investing, but for everyone who is every trader who buys a stock, uh, there's a seller. There's a seller, yes, who who is selling it because they anticipate the opposite happening. Difference of opinion. Right. That's what makes the market. Well, 
I think to answer that 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 value question too, um, you know, the market loves certainty, and regardless of the outcome, come November to the fourth, you have certainty to to some extent. You know, you can you can start to people can start to develop their opinions at that point, you know, with, with, with certainty, um, before then, you know, for the next two weeks now, you're, you're, it's going to, you know, price probabilities. Well, you know, there's a 50% chance this candidate wins or, you know, a a 60% chance that the Senate does this or, or something like that. Same thing with stimulus, you know, that's all the market is doing at this point. And it's the opinions you're coming in on, what the chances of stimulus and election results are. Once you get more certainty around those things, that's when fundamentals step into play. Because I mean you look the the stimulus the the stimulus article is perfect because it talks about how uh earlier this week bank earnings came out and they were insane beats. I mean that that really, really strong earnings from the banks. Yeah. Yet they went down, you know, two and three percent a piece because uh, they the news came out that yeah, stimulus ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Based on one day, so yeah, stimulus ain't gonna happen. So then the banks go down, right? Even though they crushed their earnings, their their fundamentals are in a much better shape than originally anticipated, right? You know, so that's. That's why when you look at historically why why stocks have usually done well after an election, it's just strictly because there's more certainty to price things. Yeah. And owing to what Adar says, there will be winners and losers. So stocks or any security are always looking for a pricing mechanism something you know to use as pricing one might argue with the 10-year treasury at under one percent that pe's can be infinite in a sense but you know because well because you 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 got to get it to where um not infinite but um could be higher. Higher because, you know, Warren Buffett always used the pricing model of the 10-year treasury plus X percent in order to calculate what kind of internal rate of return he thought he could get on stocks. It actually doesn't bode well for for future performance because um, if, you know, with an elevated price as is, um, you know, it makes it hard to argue for things to go higher. Right, that's true. And, uh, you know, um, the at the end of the day, I mean, the market is a forward-looking mechanism. So lower interest rates, you know, should help when you're making your decision whether to buy a stock or a, a bond. But is the market anticipating that interest rates are going to remain low forever? 
if that's the case, then you could make an argument for higher and higher PEs. But uh, at some point, you know, if interest rates do start going up, what happens at that point? You know, do uh, you know will these valuations be justified at that point? Yeah, it's a good point. Well, that brings us to the end of yet another show. We appreciate you joining us. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with the Darsh Meshru, Philip Sexton, and, of course, Tom Dupree. Make sure and go to our website if you'd like to find more of our podcast, or you can find our podcast anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. We appreciate you listening. We're coming to you from the Dupree Studios on Main Street. We'll be back next week. Tune back in. We'll talk to you then. uncertain times. It is not uncommon for investors to be fearful about the equity markets and what they may or may not do. At Dupree Financial Group, we are here to act as a sounding board for our clients and prospects as they seek to develop understanding of how to proceed with their investments. Since we are in uncharted waters, our efforts are to educate, guide, and empower our clients. Despite the unique nature of today's investment climate, there are parallels with past markets that can be drawn. We can share some of these ideas with you. For a free analysis of your retirement investment accounts, call the Prefinancial Group at 859-233-0400. And be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays from 7 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's the Prefinancial Group at 859-233-0400.